moving to our fir- very first speaker, who is Sarah Shano. Sarah is a molecular parasitologist studying how the malaria parasite survives in red blood cells with the aim of finding new drug targets to cure this devastating tropical disease. Sarah completed her PhD at the Burnett Institute in Melbourne, Australia, after moving from malaria drug discovery in London. She was born in South Africa and witnessed the effects of maternally transmitted HIV on young people. Feelings of helplessness seeing this sparked her interest in tackling diseases that disproportionately affect the poor and the vulnerable. She enjoys collaborating and thinking up new schemes, often while camping or mountain biking in the Australian outback. Please welcome Sarah Shano. Hello. Oh, I'm going to put that down. Um, I've also heard about the Science Gallery and how creepy it is. So I think that's a, a vote of confidence. Um, might have given away some of my... Uh, a slight hint of what I'm going to talk about tonight. So I want to start off... Well, imagine you're in ancient Rome. You're a Roman. You're farming on some beautiful field just outside of Rome. You've got your crops. You've got your peasants working for you. Or you're a peasant. And... Life's good. Yeah, you've got wine, you've got sun, but every year a pestilence sweeps through. Every year fevers come. Some years are worse than others. And this particular year, all your kids are coming down with fevers. A fever comes, it goes for a couple of days. It comes back, it goes again. And you don't know what causes it, you don't know where it comes from. But all your children, they are dying. They pass out and then they don't wake up again. Now, people say it comes from the air, and they call it malaria, bad air, malaria. It's from the Greeks who called it miasma, this stain or pestilence that rose from the ground and spread on the winds. I mean, how are you going to stop that? In, in China at the same time, it's two and a half thousand years ago, they're boiling herbs to stop these fevers. Now, the Romans did all sorts of things to try and avoid malaria, but they moved Halloween. It used to be in May, now it's in November, to stop everyone coming to Rome just when the pestilence was worst. But still, the people get sick, the young die, the old get frail. They can't work, can't farm, can't fight, and the empire falls. So 2,000 years later, now we're in Australia, 1890s, people from South Australia, they go up to Darwin to build the grand engineering feat of the overland telegraph. But there's fevers here. On the air, on the wind, how do you stop getting the fevers? Again, one in every 10 people in the hospital is out with this fevers. But we still don't know what causes it. And how can you stop something that comes on the air? Are you just gonna go out and not breathe? I'm just gonna hold my breath when I'm outside. If we don't know where something comes from, how can we ever combat it? So all over the world, people are dying from this fever, but no one knows what causes it. And whether it's all the same thing, even now, these fevers, malaria, they're still, they're causing a death every minute. This this isn't something that's gone away. We're still tied to those ancient Romans 2,000 years ago. So now, cue the hero of our story. 
Ronald Ross. He is um, a British citizen. He's born in India, but he's sent back to England when he's eight years old for health reasons. And then he wants to be a writer, and he writes whimsical plays. I imagine him skipping down the rivers, smelling roses, writing his poems. But his dad has other ideas for him and enrolls him in medical school. And so he returns to India as an army surgeon, not the poet he fancied. And when he gets there, he is murdered by mosquitoes. Every night, they come in through his window from where he sleeps and just bite the hell out of him. And he's kind of watching these damn mosquitoes, and he realizes that they're breeding in a water butt outside his window. So he kicks the butt over, stops the mosquitoes, life's good. Suggests this for the whole of the rest of the mess. No one's interested, just don't be an idiot, mosquitoes are just there. But that's his first insight into mosquitoes. And then he goes back on family leave, back to the UK, and he happens to meet a man called Patrick Manson, who convinced him of the joys of research, which is great, and also convinced him that mosquitoes might be the cure, the, the reason for malaria. But he had no way of testing it, Patrick, because he's in England, and there's not much malaria. There was some then. Um, so 30 years before this conversation takes place, Louis Pasteur had shown that germ theory was probably right over miasma theory, that, that diseases are caused by small organisms. Um, ten years before, Laverin had found in the blood of malaria patients, inside the red blood cells, these pigmented bodies, he called it. So, a parasite. And just a year or two before, they'd found out that yellow fever is spread by mosquitoes. So, the time is perfect to test this theory. And so, Ronald Ross goes back to back to um, India, and he's so excited. He's just, he can't wait. He gets off the boat, doesn't wait for his luggage, runs straight to the hospital, starts stabbing everyone with malaria he can, getting their blood, drawing blood smears, looking under a microscope he's brought with him in his luggage. And he, he sees some of these bodies, but that doesn't show it's from malaria. So anyway, he has to go off to wherever he's posted in the army, and he spends years trying to figure out if mosquitoes are the cause. First, first idea. It's the water. So he gets water with dead mosquitoes in it, feeds it some, to some people. Not the best. Some of them do get sick. No malaria in them. Something else in that water. But he notices that the mosquito, every time it, she bites him, so it's always females who bite, she injects a little bit of fluid, and he thinks, ah, maybe the, maybe the malaria parasite's in that fluid. So then he gets some people with malaria, gets some mosquitoes, starts feeding all these people, starts feeding the mosquitoes on all these people. And uh, he's in this stinking hot lab in Bangalore. He can't use the punker or a fan because it, it blows up his mosquitoes from where he's trying to dissect out the inside of a tiny mosquito and look at what's inside. And he talks about, yeah, the sweat is pouring off him. It rusts the eyepieces of his microscope. The eye flies prevent him from seeing. And uh, he has no luck for years. He's dissecting mosquitoes. There's a few people with malaria, not that many where he is. Going through all these mosquitoes, nothing. His supervisors don't, don't believe in him. They post him wherever he wants. He's in the army. They post him where there's no malaria. He's got no hope. But then he gets a lucky break where he gets three weeks in a place 
with a load of malaria. And in fact, he gets malaria pretty quickly as well. But in this place, he notices the mosquitoes he's been using look very different to the ones here. In this new place, they're kind of weird and spindly, and they've got dappled wings and brown bodies. And so he takes some of the water with the larvae in back to where he's working, and he manages to hatch eight. He's got eight of these mosquitoes. And then he finds a guy with malaria, Hussein Khan, and he, he pays the guy one anna per mosquito bite. And so he gets all the mosquitoes to bite him, eight mosquitoes, and he dissects these mosquitoes. First one, nothing. Second one, nothing. Third, fourth, fifth. There's nothing in there. I think it's the sixth one. He started to see something he thought in the gut that looked a bit funny in the mosquito, but that's not going to prove anything to anyone. It's the eighth mosquito. He sees a round body, a perfectly round thing on the outside of the mosquito midgut. And this is clearly not a mosquito cell. And he is ecstatic. He knows what he's found the moment he finds it. And he writes a poem, which I'm going to read to you now. He also is not a man built for modesty, so he declares this World Mosquito Day. This day, relenting God hath placed within my hand a wondrous thing, and God be praised, at his command, seeking his secret deeds with tears and toiling breath. I find thy cunning seeds, O million murdering death. I know this little thing a myriad men will save. O death, where is thy sting? Thy victory, O grave. So, yeah, he's just found one oocyst inside one mosquito. It's not, it's not a done deal yet. And again, he has moved around with the army. But he manages to show the malaria life cycle with a malaria parasite that actually infects sparrows. So the sparrow becomes an unwitting hero. And he, Ross was awarded the second Nobel Prize in Physiology and Medicine in 1902, the second prize that was ever awarded for his work on malaria, by which he has shown how it enters the organism and thereby has laid the foundation for successful research on this disease and methods of combating it. But we shouldn't forget, although Ronald Ross would like us to, Giovanni Grassi, an Italian who in the same year showed the malaria life cycle with three human malarias. But um, Ross had friends in high places and uh, that didn't go well for Grassi. So Ronald Ross, he instantly knew what he'd found. He, he knew that mosquitoes were now the key to preventing malaria. You kick over the water butt, you're going to stop malaria. So nowadays, in the last 15 years, bed nets have saved over 450 million people, which I think is around 20 times the population of Australia. Also with spraying and insecticides. And the most recent... Um, winner of the Nobel Prize in malaria was only two years ago, and that was Tu Yuyu from China, who someone else has talked at Laboratory about before. And she got it for finding that ancient Chinese herb they'd been using 2,000 years ago. She found the active ingredient and how to make that into a drug. And um, that saved another 120 million people. So we're saving millions with this, but it's still not quite there. So from Ronald Ross, what are the keys to Nobel success other than having friends in high places? Ask an important question. 
Ross and two Yuyu both asked, how do we stop malaria? It kills loads of people. How do we stop it? No one thought it possible at the time. You've got to be open to new ideas and work together with other people. Ronald Ross worked with Manson. He had a mentor in Manson for many, many years and also all other malariologists around the world. And you stand on the shoulders of those before. I think this is really inspiring. Some Nobel Prize winners, at least the ones that I've researched in malaria, they're, they're building their work on someone who's gone before. It's not like they're massive geniuses. They're, they're persistent, number four, and they're lucky, number five. But most important, they just, they just kept going. They got lucky. They kept going. They got lucky. So I think the next steps from malaria is a vaccine. We still don't have a vaccine. And what about the basic biology? It hides in our livers. No one knows where. What if it hides other places? There's papers from the 1890s, 1900s that we still need to follow up. There's still, in this era of internet, I feel like we all know, we all think we already know everything. There's no more exploring to be done. But we don't know what we don't know, to coin a phrase. And I think there's still plenty of exploring to be done that's really exciting. So a final question to all of you, what have you been wondering about? What interesting questions has anyone posed to you? And what are you going to do about it?